Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Today I'm excited to jump into part two of Check Your Circle. Now, check your circle. We talked last week about the power of prayer. We talked about that sometimes God, it feels like God's taking us in a circle. We feel like, we talked about the walls of Jericho that the Israelites marched around and, and that it's in the circle that God does the miracle. And this past week, we had a week of prayer where we just each day focused on a different thing and we're praying for breakthrough and believing God has something uh, for us. And today, we're going to ca- talk about the influence that we all have. We're going to talk about how God has put us inside of a circle and that we can make a difference in that circle. So check your circle today is really our, our, uh, it talks about the relationships we have. And I don't know this week if you've had experiences like me in the past, but this week I had to make a phone call to our internet provider, which was a cable company. And that, let me tell you, is a phone call that I dread. When you have an issue or something comes up or a billing issue, you got to call in to the call center and uh, if, if you enjoy those calls, like I would love to meet you and delegate my, uh, all of my utilities and those phone calls to you. Let's connect after service in the lobby. Uh, but those phone calls can be dreadful sometimes. I hate sometimes, I hate calling because sometimes uh, not only are they trying to address my issue, but they're also trying to sell me on something else and adding service to, to uh, what, we're do- what we already have and, and taking the next step. And so uh, this week I had an issue. I had to talk to them, and I called them up and uh, talking with the representative on the phone, and, uh, and I got put on hold as she said, hey, I need to go talk to my supervisor, and she said, I'll be right back. And so inevitably, that the next thing that happened is I find myself waiting uh, and I'm listening to some of the most fabulous on-call, uh, hold on-call music. What do they call it? Like, you know, you're waiting on there. And it, I was living, I was listening to "Living on a Prayer." Um, now, that would have been great if it was the Bon Jovi version, but it was the full-on orchestra version, uh, which was very, very painful. And I thought, man, if uh, this, it, th- I could see this song playing in in hell, maybe if like <laughs> if. <laughs> It was that cringy and that bad and that difficult. And so I was like, Lord, make my heart right so I don't ever have to hear this again. So, uh, But maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been in a place where you're like, you put on hold and, and they're saying, hey, I'm going to be right back. But what happened, I thought it would just be a minute or two and it turned out to be longer. And in that span of time, our daughter came home and Lexi uh, came in from school at the end of the day. And she, uh, I just was able to hold a conversation with her. And I was, I was on hold, on hold, on hold. I, I wasn't just waiting. I wasn't just idle. I started to get some other things done and had some conversations, mentioned something to Jamie, and, you know, so I'm able to get some things done. Um, and I think that's the, that's the piece that I was just reminded of us. Like, sometimes we have to realize that in life, we're, we're on hold a little bit, but we're not on hold to be idle. We're on hold to be an influence. You see, God has called each and every one of us to be an influence. And what happens is uh, Jesus has said, listen, I'm doing a work in you and through you. And Jesus came and he walked. And we can read about in the Gospels that he walked this earth. And he made a way so that we could, our hearts could be aligned again with God. And we could be made right in God's eyes. And that, that is uh, the greatest promise that we can grab hold of today. But that doesn't mean, that's not where the story ends. You see, actually, uh, Jesus ascended to heaven, and I feel like he kind of gave us that, like, hey, hold on, I'll be right back. 
He gave us that little moment where he said, hey, I'll be right back because he promised that he's coming again to make things right. He's coming again to bring a new heaven and a new earth and that God's justice and love and mercy would transform all the brokenness and hurt in this world. And that's what we can grab hold of, that in eternity that we have something that God has in front of us and we're waiting and we're anticipating us. But God didn't call us to be idle with that. He didn't call us to go on hold and that we were kind of like on the phone call on hold and we just say, okay, I'm just going to sit here and stand, or I'm just going to wait and wait and wait and wait. No, he called us to be active and anticipating. And when we're on hold, we're in this season where we're doing, we can still have the conversation. We can still get some things done because God doesn't call us to be idle in the on hold and in the be right back. He calls us to influence. So even though we're in a season where Jesus said, hey, I'll be right back. We can, we can have the truth, we can stand on the truth and the hope and the power that Jesus is, uh, he, he is wanting us to, he's wanting to use us. He's wanting to make a difference in us. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the influence that each and every one of us had. And this week as I was studying, I came across uh, a guy by the name of R Robin Dunbar. And he was an anthropologist. And in the 1990s, he came up with a, a theory and it's one that's still debated today, and it actually is related to social media more uh, in recent conversations. But he suggested that we all have a cognitive limit, that our brain can only uh, really maintain a stable relationship with about 150 people, that we can only keep a relationship uh, ongoing and keep it up, whether it's a, a text every so often or uh, a, a, a message on Facebook or whatever. We can only kind of maintain 150 relationships mentally in our life. That's the amount of people that we can keep track of. So that's still widely debated. But what's interesting about that is that even our world and our and our social media platforms tend to use that as a guideline because you're going to realize maybe one day when you get, if you ever get more than 150 friends uh, on Facebook, and I'm believing one day you'll get there. I don't know. Uh, hopefully you have that in life. But uh, who cares about social media? But I think like we we, we get to that point, they actually use that to only put information in front of us for the 150 people that are most connected to us. I thought that was super interesting because that just shows how big our sphere of influence can be. It's people that you work with, it's neighbors, it's all kinds of people that maybe you used to work with or family members, and it can be a lot of people. When I look around this room and I see our church and I think if every person here represents 150 other people that they're connecting with, I think, man, the, the kingdom of God is awesome. It is powerful, and there is such great hope in us reaching this world uh, because God puts us all on mission. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, that can be overwhelming. 150 people, if I was like, hey, can you invite 150 people to church? You know, that might be an overwhelming task for you to accomplish. But what happens is uh, we actually have smaller circles that develop from that 150. That we'll have, and it, it, the smallest circle is usually 12 to 15 people that we are the closest with, that we have the, the closest circle of influence. They're, they, they may be uh, real close family members, but they also may be coworkers or friends, but we spend a lot of time connecting with those 12 to 15 people. And what happens is those are the people that 
we influence them and they influence us. You start to talk the same. You kind of have the same beliefs. You kind of have the same, uh, you know, things you talk about, interests, TV shows, whatever. You kind of go back to the same things that you're connecting with. And I, I think that's a powerful place to see our influence and look and evaluate where we're influencing people in our life. God calls us to do that. He calls us to influence that. We're in this season of waiting. We're in this season where, hey, God has done a, a, a restorative work in our hearts. He's made a way for us to get close to him. But now he's saying, listen, I, I am coming back, that we can anticipate a second coming of Jesus. But that, isn't mean, that doesn't mean that, like, okay, we sit back and we just are, uh, we're just going to just see what comes our way. No, it means that we're, there's an anticipation, and that anticipation means that we're actively influencing. There's an urgency to the kingdom of God because one day uh, Jesus is going to come back, and then the, everything's going to be made right. There, it says that when we're in relationship with him that uh, we're going to, uh, we will be stepping into a new eternity and new hope. And I love how Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verses 27 through 28 lays it out because it talks about this gap and identifies this gap that we're living in right now. And this is what it says. It will be on the screen, and you can follow along with me. And it says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes to judgment, uh, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. You see, Jesus is going to come again. Our position should be that we're eagerly awaiting for him. We're in this waiting season, but it has a purpose. It has a story that's being written right now. And the story that's being written in your life has a purpose, and God wants to use it, and he has a plan for it. And so more, as, more and more of the story of your life unfolds, realize that God is doing that work in this season, that we're in the midst of it. We're not called to sit back and just be idle and just say, okay, well, I, I feel like I, I've uh, accepted Jesus in my heart and, and now I'm going to sit back and wait. No, that means what happens is when we get to that point, that just kicks off the new journey that God has for us, that his Holy Spirit then starts a new work inside of us. His Holy Spirit is working in us individually and corporately in the body of Christ. It's always at work. God didn't, Jesus didn't step away and say, hey, I'm going to be right back and you're on your own. No, he stepped away and he said he ascended to heaven, but he says one is coming that's even greater and it's my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit's going to comfort and guide you and do work in your heart. And so that's, Jesus is saying, listen, that's what the season is all about. And that season is all about the kingdom of God, not, his, not our will being done, but his will being done. And let me tell you, God's not done with you. You may feel like, hey, I got to a point and I, I, I go to church every week and this is, this is good. But God has a, you on a journey. And that journey should grow you. Uh, that journey should mature you. You should get deeper. And I think we have to understand that the work of Jesus Christ in our, in our lives is broad, that the story and what he's doing is broad. And let me just give you a couple reminders this morning of what Jesus does. And, and they might seem elementary and easy, but I want to just come back to them because I think they're foundational of how we uh, steward this season of the gap in this in-between. Um, and we have to be reminded today that Jesus uh, comes to remove our sin. I talked about it. Listen, he came, and Hebrews there talks about it. It says that Jesus came. He came to, he died once and for all so that we could be uh, made free in the eyes of God and be right in the eyes of God. You see, Jesus comes to remove sin. 
what happens is we have a sinful nature that that separates us from the divine character and nature of God. You see, God has a plan. God didn't say, listen, I'm just going to let, let things go on earth and we'll just see what happens. No, God laid out his plan for for our lives. He laid a plan out specifically for your life. And so that's a plan that as we discover and open up God's word, we can live in, that we can discover and grow in, and we can say, God, I, I want to live in that. And Jesus made that initial sacrifice because a, the, God's word says that a sacrifice needed to be made in order to, for us to be made right in the eyes of God. And so Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the price. So that's where we can grab a hold of that and I think that should, be the, that should be the anchor, and that should be the place where suddenly our perspective in life shifts. That's the place that, and I think, I, I was just talking about this with the worship team before. I think, before service, I think sometimes we can be in the church world, and we can culturally be used to Christianity and following Christ, and we simply just sit back, and, and we, we forget how powerful that statement is right there, that Jesus comes to remove sin, that he creates a barrier to God, and that should shift our perspective, and suddenly, like, a joy and excitement should well up in us, and we should just be like, man, look at what God is doing, and so suddenly, Monday perspective changes. Suddenly, when I hit a roadblock in life, my perspective changes. And I can be joyful in all of those things. Why? Because Jesus has done a work that I was not worthy of, that I didn't do anything to, to, to uh, earn, but that he just gifted because God so loved the world and that Jesus came to remove the, the, the barrier of sin in our life. And I think that's the truth. That's a foundation we got to stand on. Romans 3.23 puts it really clearly. Verse that you should, you should come back to over and over, no matter where you're at on the journey. Maybe you've been, been around for a long time, but you got to be reminded sometimes, well, listen, we have all sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. So thank, G thank you for Jesus that we have, the, we have the freedom, even though that we have sinned, we have, he, Jesus comes, and that's part of the story that he's writing in your life, that he has taken you from, uh, he's taken sin out of your life. He is freeing you from sin in your life. And he comes not only to just free us from that sin, but he starts us on a journey. And that your story then, uh, he, he starts you on a journey where Jesus comes to repair our hearts. So not only is he removing sin, but he's repairing our hearts. He's saying, listen, I have things to do in your heart. I have things that I want to work on. So this is the part of the journey of following Jesus that takes a lifetime. This is the part of the journey of following Jesus that we feel like we always are opening Pandora's box. And we feel, feel like we get one area uh, locked in or we feel like God's working on one area of our life. But then suddenly the Holy Spirit opens in another area of our life. It says, hey, this is another area for, your, for you to work on. But listen, one of our vision pieces here at Highmark is that we want every person to find freedom. We believe that Jesus brings freedom in our life. He is repairing our hearts. Why? Because there's brokenness, there's sin, there's hurt, there's junk in us that God is continually bringing up, and he is repairing our hearts. I'm so thankful for that, that where I was 20 years ago is not where I'm at today. That doesn't mean that I've arrived or that I'm, I'm set, but I'm thankful that God is uncovering junk in my life. He's uncovering wrong thinking, and he's transforming my, my mind, and he's renewing my heart 
and he's repairing me. He's putting uh, the right focus uh, on my life in all the areas. All, ongoingly, he's doing that in different areas of my life. This is a promise we can stand hold and grab hold of today. It's that 2 Corinthians 3.17. It's a verse that just says, listen, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, that's like a power, like wherever God is at. So if God is in your life, then you're going to be continually set free over and over. He's going to set you free from things that are in your past or wrong thinkings and perspectives or hurt in your life. Maybe somebody hurt you. Uh, maybe, maybe you've gone through some really difficult things. But God is saying, listen, I'm not, I, don't just, I, don't, I don't just care about your eternity, but I have you on a journey where I'm rewriting and I'm, I'm repairing your heart in this season. And one of our vision pieces is that we want every person to find freedom here at Highmark. That we are to know God, we're to find freedom, we pursue a purpose, and we want to make a difference. But that find freedom piece is so important. And we do that in the context of small groups. We do that in community, in a circle that we create so that God can work, grow us and, and develop us. You see, being in a row like this, you guys are all sitting in rows, that, that, has a, that helps us know God. And I can get up here and I can teach and I can tell you about the Bible and I can proclaim those things. But listen, it's sometimes that it's in the circle where God really grows us. It's when we're talking and we can see and we can process our uh, things as it relates to our own life. That's where God uses and grows us the most. And so... Uh, that is part of our vision. We want every person to find freedom. So one of the key pieces and key life groups that we will run, and you're going to hear more about it over the next month because next month we're going to launch our fall season of life groups, uh, is that we want to start what we call freedom groups. And freedom life groups are a place where we can go through and study God's word and discover that journey that he has and, and ha let him start to repair our hearts and do things in us that, uh, uh, that we maybe aren't aware of. And he can uncover and unpack things. And uh, Jamie and I have gone through the freedom groups, and it's a powerful things. So we're going to be kicking those off this, this fall. And I just wanted to kind of throw that in there today and say, maybe that's what I'm talking about today kind of sparks an interest with you. Well, we're going to always talk about freedom groups. It's one of our core life groups that we're going to always highlight and and focus on, and you'll always hear more information. But maybe something popped up today, and you're like, when that comes around, I want to get it in, plugged into that. I want to check that out. Uh, and because that is a journey that you'll go through over, uh, over the fall semester where you'll discover, and we'll, ho we'll host it every, every season of life groups, uh, that you'll discover uh, what God wants to repair in your heart. And I, I pray that every person in Highmark at Highmark will go through freedom at some point in their journey. And so we'll always talk about it and point you to that. And so more to come on that. But listen, I'm thankful that God is doing that, like he's repairing my heart. I'm also thankful that he re rewrites our eternity. I had a teacher in sixth grade called Mrs. Stevens, and she gave us an assignment. It was an English comp and writing course, and she gave us an assignment one time, and she said, hey, I want you to write a short story. She gave us the guidelines on how long it should be and all that stuff, and she gave the whole class the assignment, and we had one week to finish it. So, of course, I waited till the day before to start it, and, uh, and so uh, pro procrastinators unite tomorrow. Okay, so... Uh, so I waited to the last minute to start it. I quick wrote my uh, story and uh, submitted it the next day. Felt really good about it. Man, I pulled that off. It came together. Like, what a great story. And I remember that 
uh, just a couple days later, she gave, and this is back in the day when we all still used paper in school, uh, but she gave all of our assignments back, and she, and she had graded the whole class. And the whole class discovers that we all got, like, terrible grades. Like, most of the class was failing. Most of the class or had, like, a, maybe at the best a D or C, and, uh, but everyone was unhappy with the grade they got. And they realized that the teacher graded so difficult, difficult for this assignment. But she gave it back to us, and she said, okay, I put a grade on that, but that's not the grade that I'm going to record right now. I actually am going to give you all a chance to rewrite and refine your story. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that says, listen, the ending of your story needs some work, but it's okay. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm giving you a chance. And Jesus is rewriting our eternity. He rewrites the ending in our life, that he is the one that is rewriting our destiny and our, our, our eternity. And the story was one way, but God said... But God said, that's not good enough. I have a better plan. And God sent Jesus so that he could rewrite the ending of our story. And I'm thankful for that. Those are the foundational things. Man, have you ever watched a movie and you feel like you walked away and you're like, the writers and the producers, they got it all wrong. Anybody there with me today, right? I've walked out of those movies before and been like, can I get a refund? Like, or I feel like I'm not resolved about this. I feel like I, I feel like they didn't tell me what was next. They left a little too much out there that I'm not sure if things were resolved. And I felt this tension. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that says, listen, here is the ending. Here is the ending that you can count on. I've already written it down. I've already promised it to you. And he is faithful and just to do it. And so Jesus comes to rewrite our ending. I love what Philippians 3.20 says because it's a reminder that our citizenship is not just of this earth. He says this, we are citizens of heaven uh, where the Lord Jesus lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. You see that? We're citizens, not just of this world. We're citizens of heaven. You see, God's rewriting the story. He said, listen, I have a destiny and a purpose for you. And he says, we're eagerly, right now in this season, we're eagerly waiting and anticipating what Jesus uh, is doing. And so Jesus is working in us and through us, and that's all part of our story. But let me, let me just launch forward with this. The power of any story is when it's told. The story that Jesus is doing in your life might be in process right now. There might be it's too much that you're like, I can't put it all down, or like it's, it's a really messy story right now. But let me tell you, Jesus is writing a story, it's a re, it's a, and he's rewriting the ending of, of your story. And we're, we are thankful for that. But that story isn't meant to just be kept to yourself. It's actually meant to be told. The power of any story is when it's shared. The power is, is when someone tells that. And the, the part of our journey as as a, as a church and as of Christ followers is that God calls us to share our story, that he puts us in other people's life to influence them, to make a difference, that we have the opportunity to share our story. And we've gone through some things in our life so that we can be an encouragement to other people. See, that's what God calls us to do. You see, that's where he wants to use your story to influence the people around you. So if I come back to it, God has put you in proximity probably to 12 to 15 people that I think that he's positioned you there strategically because he's called you to be an influence to them. He's called you maybe to bring light to the darkness in their life. He's called you to bring, bring truth to them where there's lies that the enemy is 
causing them to believe. He's put you there so that you can influence them for the kingdom of God. And your story isn't about I'm sitting back and focusing on myself and what God can do. No, I'm focused on uh, how I can be part of what God is doing in this kingdom. And I'm eagerly anticipating what is to come and what Jesus is doing because I'm a citizen of, the mo- of, of heaven. I'm a son and a daughter of the most high king. That's the, that's the part of the journey that God has us on. And so we're, we're meant to, to uh, influence. And let me just give you this bottom line right here is that your story can shape your circle. Your story shapes your circle because you might have a group of friends right now that you hang out and you're like, man, I don't know if God is working in their life or not, but let me tell you, maybe God's put you there so that he can work through you in their life. And so that your story and the things that he's doing and the salvation and the transformation that's happening in your own heart and your own mind and the freedom that God is bringing to you and the the, the the ending that he's changing, uh, all of that is part of your story that now he's put you in a circle so that you can share your story and you can start to shape and see that change. And I don't want you to get lost in that this is an effort and something that you have to do. I just want you to grasp that as you share your story, God does that work. Actually, God's the one that shapes that. He, he's, his Holy Spirit is at work through you, whether you realize it or not. So let me give you, though, some practical things today before we wrap up of how you can shape your influence and shape and influence your circle, okay? So I'm, I'm thinking about this of how I can check my circle. The people that God's put me around, how can I look at them differently? How can I uh, say, God, I want uh, really kind of you're the best for them in life. So what can I do to 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 make uh, a space for you to do something miraculous in my relationships and my friendships. And, uh, and so let me just give you a couple things that I've really kind of applied to my life that you can maybe take and grab hold of and say, hey, I want to do this. And the first is this, target people for God's blessing. Now, you may be, you may be thinking, well, Okay, Don, do you want me to just go around just telling everyone about this or telling about this? And I, I don't want to force religion on people. And listen, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about the relationship that you have with God, the story that he's doing. So I think we have to shift our perspective a little bit, that we're not just, we're not just kind of forcing or telling people, but we're sharing the story of what God's doing in our life because we want people to stand in that same promise and that same blessing that we're standing in of God. Now, how many people know there is a place that you stand that is in the blessing and the favor of God? Man, when you are following God's plan in your life, you gotta realize that you are kind of in this watershed, you're in this covering of God's blessing and his favor in his life. And man, I can attest to you, there's been so many times in my life when I've just, I've just stood, taken a step back or, or, or zoomed out a little bit in my perspective and think, Wow, look at how God is blessing. Look at what God is doing. And that targets really, the target of targeting people for God's blessing is me saying, you know what? The same things that I'm experiencing, I want someone else to experience. I think we have to say, okay, I want to target some people. I want to write it down and define who my circle is. So uh, today on your way out, we're going to, our ushers will be at the doors and they'll have these cards 
And it's just a little like business card size, and there's 10 spots for your circle of, of influence. There's 10 people that I would love for you to think and pray about. Who does God want me to target so that they can stand in the blessings of God? And you can write that on a list, and it's small enough. You can maybe keep it somewhere or in a Bible or uh, in a wallet or, or, you know, on a mirror somewhere that you can pray for those people. And actually on the back, I actually, we put five things on there that you can pray over them. You can just pray that God would open their eyes. And there's just specific things that you can say, I want them to stand in the full blessing of God. I want them to experience the power and the breakthrough of God's Holy Spirit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna specifically pray for them. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm checking my circle because I wanna be influencing. I want the kingdom of God to transform the people that I'm, re, am, I'm in relationship with. And so you can just target the people uh, for God's blessing. The second thing is this. Just lead with love. Just love on people. Love them and be kind and generous to people around you. They're going to be negative. They're going to be harsh. You might put people on your list that you're like, I don't even know if I like that person. But you know what? God, God has me working on the same team with them at work. Or they're a difficult personality. Or like that family member, I don't know about them. They're a little bit crazy. You know, uh, who, whoever it is, he might put them on there. But listen, you can take a posture of like, I'm going to just love on them. I'm going to just show, show them the love of God at every point and every every chance we get. You know what? God puts us, we can do that really tangibly for the people we're close to, but we can even do it with the 150 plus or the uh, people that we, uh, we connect with that are called Dunbar's number of 150 social connections. We might be able to bless them and show love to them or send them a message of encouragement. There might be strangers that we can make an impact and show love and kindness to. That's why in the lobby, we have the cards that as you walk out, we want you to just grab as many and you go to Starbucks or you go somewhere to uh, eat or something, you leave a night tip and a little something extra just to show the love of God. And you can leave a card that says and reminds people, listen, God loves you. The story's not done in your life. He's, he's ready to, to write it. And the third thing is this, just be a hope dealer. I feel like in life, there's people that are dealing all kinds of things. There's all kinds of negativity and difficult things that they're just passing out to everyone around them. And I want to be a person that I just, through it all, I, I deal hope I deal a focus on what God can do. I, I deal the hope that Jesus brings in life. And so no matter what negativity or difficult situation they're facing, I don't want to just commiserate with them. I don't want to just say, okay, uh, I'm sorry you're going through that and feel bad for them. No, I'm going to actually speak things that I know are the truth of truth of God's word and his character and how much he loves them. I want to speak those things. And I want to be a person that's just like dealing that out in life. Just I'm going around just like, boom, I am dealing hope to people that might feel hopeless. I am passing out what Jesus has done in my life and saying, I want to make a difference. And that's what God calls us to. You see, the story that he's writing in you, the things that he's doing in this season of on hold and before he comes back has a purpose. He has a plan for it and he wants to use you. And God has called you to shape your circle, influence your circle. I'm reminded uh, this week as I was preparing for this, I was reminded just the urgency that that requires because it, we can go through life and we can lose, we can lose kind of that focus. We can kind of be complacent with life. And I was reminded of a story that I heard years ago about a, name, a man named John Harper. And John Harper was, in 1912, invited to come preach at Moody Church in Chicago. John, uh, John Harper was a, a man that uh, was in Europe, and he preached, famous, well-known preacher. Uh, and he was invited to come, and you know what boat that he got onto? He got onto the Titanic. 
And John Harper has kind of gone down in history books as the last, one of the last mans and the greatest heroes of the Titanic tragedy. You know the movie, you've heard the story, you know the history. The Titanic went down, hit an iceberg. And John Harper, in that moment, was traveling with his daughter, and he ran to get his daughter because it was late at night, and he, he took her and put her on a lifeboat, but he stayed himself on the boat. And he went around calling out and telling as many people, women and children, and he even said, the unsaved, the, the people that aren't following Jesus, get on the boat. Like, you need your life saved because you're not ready. And the story is told and recorded in history, the survivors that survived that night, that John Harper, till the boat was going down, was proclaiming Jesus to people. And he was telling them, hey, you need the hope of Jesus. You need your life. Are you ready? Are you ready for what Jesus is doing, or what the, the ending? Are you ready for what he has? And he was proclaiming that even as the boat sank, and he had a life preserver, and a survivor remembers that uh, he was proclaiming it even handing off his life preserver to someone else so that they could be saved before he succumbed and was drowned in the sea. But he was proclaiming Jesus. He was proclaiming him all the way, sharing the story and the hope that it was Jesus. And I'm reminded that, listen, we got to have that type of urgency. We got to have that type of that drive inside of us that's, that kind of takes off the busyness of life. And suddenly we start to look at everyone around us and the people that God's put in our circle. And we start to see that they need the hope and love of God. And we have to have an urgency to say, you know what? I need to be a part of that story. I need to be the one that's saying, I'm, I'm throwing out some life preservers to people because they're drowning right now. I need to be the one that feels that kind of urgency of like, hey, this is all kind of fading. This is all kind of sinking away and God is gonna do something new, but we all need to be ready for that. We need as many people to be ready for that so that they can step into a new heaven, a new earth, and the eternity, and their story can be rewritten, rewritten by Jesus. And I'm reminded, God, let me just live with that type of urgency as I check my circle, as I look at people around me, because I want to be able to let my story influence them. God calls us to do that. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.